Philadelphia. Are you ready? <laughs> this is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome to another edition of Brotherly Love Wrestling Presents Fallout. Um, as you can see, Joe rocking the AG. Me as well, retro AG. So we're all AG'd out tonight. But we're not on the same team, goddammit. No, that's why you're you're in the black. I'm in the, the lime green. So we're on two different sides. Yeah, you're, you're home and I'm away. Sure. Yeah. Literally. literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or I guess if we were to just turn that around, I'd be home in your way, depending on whose perspective we're going from. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid, uh, stupid. <laughs> let's um get this started right off. Uh, Joe and Hale won our last episode, so um, <laughs> Joe, you get to uh, you get to pick. Yeah, two zero. Okay, I got you. So um. You can pick, pick whatever, uh, whatever you want. Pick a number between one and five. Uh, I'm getting distracted. WrestleMania 31's on in the back. <laughs> you good? Uh, I'm gonna go with number right in the middle, three. All right. Uh, so number three, we're gonna go to the WWE and SmackDown, and uh, the question is, is it the right move to have Matt Riddle? Join SmackDown Live roster. All right. Let me think of which side I want to take on this one. All right. All right. I think I know what side. I mean, okay. it could go either way. It could go either way. Yeah. I'll that because it's, it's, it's still new and he hasn't debuted yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say it is the right move having him move the SmackDown. Okay. And I will say this for one main reason and then spew off into other reasons. My main reason that this is a good idea because I think with three televised shows and them all being a part of the same company and you have to prove that you have top-tier talent on Wednesdays and they could compete with the other brand or the other company – I think that everyone should be able to go through each show. Meaning SmackDown can go to Raw, Raw can go to SmackDown, NXT can go to SmackDown, NXT can go to Raw. I think if you mix them and mash them, I think, A, you're able to put new talent on each night. You're able to get the maximum amount of eyes that you possibly can on your athletes. So I think by doing this is a step in the right direction for that. And Matt Riddle – Let's face it, I mean, he's got Megastar written all over him, so he will flourish on the main roster. There is a lot of people you have to realize that he hasn't faced yet. He's faced some people down in NXT because of his days in the Indies. Now he's got some fresh talent, the big dogs, maybe the big dog himself, Roman Reigns. He'll, 
he's on is he on SmackDown so they weren't allowed to say his name but he's there I mean bevy of opponents right so so you went with the kind of on a bunch of different shows kind of way I I tied it back in yeah I, I don't think I don't think he should have been moved up to the SmackDown roster um I think he probably should have been one of those building blocks. And I, I get the SmackDown roster because it's it's on Fox. You have a former MMA fighter in Riddle. Uh, but I think with NXT and, and competing with an AEW on Wednesday nights, to keep this as a brand competitive, you need these big-time stars. And Matt Riddle is a big-time star, especially in the style of an independent wrestling like AEW does. And so at least you're keeping some fans from that style over with the eyes on NXT just for Matt Riddle. And I think it only helps you in the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, a guy with that talent and the matches that he can put on with the Keith Lee. Um, I was going to say Diakovich, but he's apparently the rumor is he's coming up and going to Raw. So – but no matter who he's in there with, you look at the match with Thatcher uh, last week or the last couple of weeks, like he kills it. So I think it's a mistake kind of taking him away when the main roster always gets that stigma of watered down. And I think that's the last thing you want from a Matt Riddle to be watered down on SmackDown. Time right, for my rebuttal. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think what people forget is, actually how long Riddle has been there for. I mean, he's been there for a little while now, maybe not as long as uh, Adam Cole, but he's been there for a while. He's pretty much done. I know he hasn't won a major, the major title, the the Holy Grail of NXT, but he's pretty much had a match with every single person on that roster. And you can keep bringing in new talent and having them face one of the pillars, so you say, in Matt Riddle. But chances are, people are, have already seen those matches. I think now moving him up to, even if he just stays on SmackDown, now you have a whole fresh slew of things for him to do against opponents that you wouldn't have thought that Matt Riddle would get to face, like uh, maybe AJ Styles or Shinsuke Nakamura or Drew Gulak, who, yes, he's faced before. But knowing the two in the ring, now you have Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, Matt Riddle, all on the same show. Two of them have been former allies in the independents. Wouldn't that be great if you could see some of the best technically sound wrestlers all form a group together and pretty much dominate that whole show? That's something new for you that they haven't done yet, except if you consider Nakamura, Cesaro, and Sami Zayn. But, hey, if you pit those six up against each other, that makes for fucking good TV for weeks. All right. Well, I mean, the, the only I just interest you right in the face. <laughs> the only interest I do have is the is the Riddle and and Gulak thing. Uh, that I will give you. Um, but I just I just can't see taking such a big star like Riddle. Even though I know saying that people say, well, shouldn't he be on the bigger show? I think NXT is the bigger show. I think it's the better show. I think. Uh, Right now, the ratings might not show um, for wrestling in general. In that case, that does just not just because of his NXT or AEW, people aren't watching like that. But all in all, a Matt Riddle would only help the NXT 
AEW war. And uh, that's the my sticking point is if you really care and you really want to be AEW, a guy like Matt Riddle is someone I want on my team. So that's why I kind of want him to stay on Wednesday nights. Final rebuttal? Mm-hmm. All right. So I will say to your point that – it doesn't matter what the state of wrestling is right now. The two main shows are still pulling the most viewership. So having a guy like Matt Riddle, who isn't necessarily a megastar yet in the wrestling world, he has outside credit from MMA world, but he is designed to, to be on the, the shows that the most people are watching. And I don't think that, despite what the fans want you to believe, that WWE and NXT, I don't, I don't think WWE is NXT's main priority, and I think that's clear. Otherwise, they would have done a lot more to try and beat AEW for right now. I don't think that that's their main concern. If AEW can't pull in one to two million viewers or above, they're not really going to worry about them. Maybe two million would be the, the mark, but they're not worried about that right now. Big talent needs to be on the big shows to bring in more numbers. Matt Riddle on SmackDown is the right idea. All right. Uh, so let's move to the next one, and I will pick this one um, since you picked the first one. And I'm going to go with um, let's go with number two. And this category is: Should the WWE ban moves altogether, or should they just stop certain people from doing those moves? And uh, this was a hard one when I saw it because there's an argument for both. Yeah. It, it, it's, it can go either way on this one. I'm going to say that they, uh, they, they probably should. Yeah. They should ban moves altogether. All right. So, and the reason I believe that the WWE should be banning moves such as, and the reason we're talking about this is the buckle bomb um, that they just banned. Uh, you look at whether it's wrestling or, or any other sport, they've come a long way as far as concussion protocol and um, looking out for the head. And especially a move like the buckle bomb, just ask Sting. Uh, these, a lot of these moves, you can do other moves and get around it. And a move like this, like the buckle bomb, it can be dangerous because wrestling, you're taking other people's lives in your hands in the first place. So these kind of dangerous moves, the – slamming of the neck into the turnbuckle into the corner and a power bomb type throw is uh it's it's hard to protect yourself because you're kind of falling and you're at your own risk and you have to really be careful now with the state of concussion so i don't blame the wwe if if they're that dangerous and moves are that bad and you're getting people hurt I don't care who it is and how great they are. Anybody can make a mistake. And I don't think it should just be certain people. I think it just for the safety of the, uh, of the wrestlers. Um, I think they should at least ban the dangerous ones. All right. I'm going to go off your last point and kind of tie into that, that yeah, anybody could get hurt doing any move. So if you start banning moves altogether, you're going to have a very limited move set for people to do. There might be a couple arm drags and drop toe holds left after all this is said and done. You can literally, I mean, at the rate that the wrestlers are performing right now and how the high risk is at an all-time high, I mean, for the most part, yeah, I would say it's at an all-time high. I know the Attitude Era got in there and did their thing, but 
I mean, you get to a point of where you're going to, you're going to eliminate a lot of moves because people are going to get hurt. I mean, what I would do is, yeah, I would pick the people like the Nia Jaxes and Seth Rollins. He went and hurt two people doing the same move. Uh, Nia Jax has hurt countless people. I mean, you do a move and you muff it. You, you can't perform that anymore. You've just proven that you can't do it. There might be other people that can still do it. You're going to tell me that Braun Strowman, who can lift people up over his head, can probably do it in a better fashion than someone who's a lot smaller than him trying to lift up someone heavy. I mean, you, you can kind of pick and choose who should do what. Okay, so if you're picking and choosing who can do what, where do you – and how do you explain this to the other talent? I mean, so you make a mistake, like we say, anybody can make a mistake, so then it automatically bans you from a move altogether. Now, Anaya Jax technically wasn't doing that move. She just threw Carrie Sane into the steps. We've seen Kyrie. people – a thousand people – huh? I'm sorry. Kyrie. Yeah, so I pronounced it differently. But you've seen a thousand people get thrown into steps, and that never happened. It uh, doesn't mean it's Naya, but how many times Mick Foley get messed up from being thrown into steps? I don't think just picking that person out helps them even get better as, a, as an athlete and as a performer. You do something wrong, you're going to need to at least know where you have to get better and why you screwed up on that. If you just take that away from one person – if the mat, if it's gone, then it's gone. You don't have to worry about it. But if you're taking away pick and choosing, you're kind of taking the talent level away so people can't work and make themselves better and know why. I mean, do you really want, I mean, people that have muffed it a couple times to continue to do it and try and get better? I mean, I'm not saying one and done. I'm saying you, if you have a couple times where you've done this movie, you've proven that you can't do this movie, you've injured a couple people already then, yeah, that person can't do that. I'm not saying that you need to ban it from everyone's moveset. I mean, you start eliminating moves from people's repertoire. I mean, if they're a little dangerous, yes, then you're, you're taking away people's movesets. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to if you start banning moves for everybody. I mean, because what's next? What's after the buckle bomb? I mean, the topes, the outside-of-the-ring moonsaults, the 450s, the 630s, the anything off of a freaking ladder. I mean, you're gonna, there's, how many times have people gotten hurt in fucking uh, ladder matches? They haven't banned them yet. Can't ban them throughout the whole thing. I mean, you ban people from doing it. Ban people that are have a history of injuring people. Ban them from that move and make them find a different one. That's how they'll get better. Okay, um, so for my final point, so you say it, banning, you just said ban them people and make them find a different move. Well, wouldn't that be the same thing uh, if you're banning all, all the moves? And I'm not saying ban every single dangerous move because, like you said, then it would just be, I mean, arm bars and it, hip tosses. And, I mean, what's the fun in that? I, I get that. But I think the really dangerous things, the, the outlandish things – that are not needed in wrestling and they're not they're not that big a deal to take away are some of the moves like a buckle bomb that I don't care if I ever see that again or a Canadian destroyer uh since that's been so played out but uh yeah I I just uh I I think you should ban the dangerous ones and let wrestling go mm. 
That's it. Yep. All right. So now, I uh, two and three are gone. So yeah, I got one, one, four, and five. Yep. I'll go with one. Okay. <clears throat> and this question is one that uh, you sent to me that you wanted to talk about this week. So, has okay. mainstream wrestling become boring? You know, it's funny as I thought of it, and I was like, I definitely know what side I'm going to be on. And now <laughs> – It's a good thing you get to pick it, too. Yeah. That just puts the advantage even more in your, in the, your and favor. And I'll, I'll explain what I meant by mainstream. I mean – Please do. Main televised wrestling, like um, AW and WWE for the most part. And I will say that it has. It has become boring. Okay. And I'm talking about even before that, I'm not even going to consider the pandemic. I'm taking the pandemic out of the argument completely. No okay. pandemic argument. I'm saying before that, it's just been all the same recycled things from, from the companies. And you know what? AEW had the most going for it. AEW had the most because they were fresh. They were new. But the, given the circumstances, they just find them. I feel like they find their way of, still hitting the WWE booking right on the head for the most part. Like you can tell who was booking majority of the matches because there really isn't anything. I mean, and everyone will preach the same thing. And I'm not just going to tear on AEW because WWE has done a piss poor job of promoting their product and making it any better as of late. And for a while, actually they've been giving the same things, the same promos, the same, matches over and over and over again it just feels like it's just it's just mundane and lazy and that i, I bring back to aw it was fresh it was exciting and then within a few weeks it was like oh man i like they have the they have the opportunity to to, to for a fresh start and a new beginning or a fucking new company and i find that they're they're relying on wwe tactics and wwe talent and really, it's like watching a WWE light sometimes. And I know I'm going to catch shit from that from other fans, but. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> I, I let you actually go well over. <laughs> I let you keep going. I thought you were going to end it. Um, That's because thoughts kept popping into my head. <laughs> I hear voices. Um. Okay, so mainstream wrestling becoming boring. Uh, the reason I can't say that it's, it's become boring, I think what you really got to look at is when you say the word boring is what is, what is it about wrestling that excites you? Um, I think it, it, even if we're, like you said, talking before the pandemic, if you're an AEW fan and – this goes to a point from last week, you think everything's great. And so I don't know many AEW fans that would say that AEW is boring or has been boring. Um, I don't think a lot of NXT has been boring. It's some of the greatest wrestling put out every Wednesday night is the NXT. And some of the great and best and probably most entertaining storylines have been on Wednesday nights with, uh, dynamite uh, since they started um because we're taking the pandemic out of it that there has been a lot of boring stuff a little bit with the empty arenas and and stuff like that but i think going before that 
I think Dynamite and, and NXT were were very entertaining. I think when SmackDown jumped over to Fox for a while there, it, it was actually pretty cool to, to and I thought the the booking made made some sense and it, it was actually picking up steam. And I think of course a lot of it lost, but oh no, I don't think it is boring. I think it, it it's all a matter of uh of opinion, really. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, if we're going pre-pandemic, I mean, yes, some of the numbers for, uh, and we try not to do numbers, but I'll have to use this as a part of my argument. <laughs> the numbers were good for AEW and they were par for NXT, but I mean, they really weren't, they really weren't, you weren't getting any new eyes on the product. And that's, that says something. I mean, you weren't getting like you want to be, you want to file more over into into mainstream. I mean, they didn't really AEW being they didn't even really do that. I mean, yeah, they had the huge start and they got the big numbers, but I mean, even they started to trickle off before the pandemic. I mean, they're at oh, they're all time lows now, but it was even it was starting to die down. It was starting to fade. They couldn't ride hot. They couldn't use their leverage to ride hot. And I feel like they, they missed opportunities. Meaning that, I mean, they, they were kind of boring. NXT, yes, you have the great matches and all that, but you get the same matches over and over again. They run the same storylines. I mean, they really weren't doing anything fresh on NXT either, and it kind of showed. I mean, it, their biggest thing was takeovers. And that's why the takers were, takeovers were so great, because their storylines were great. But they kind of fell off. And I mean, just the main card of WWE, it's, it spoke for itself. They were at their all time lows before the pandemic. There was people just tuning out because it was boring. People were telling you what they wanted to see and they were giving you the exact opposite. All right. Um, see, the one point I do, I, I disagree with is you said that uh, they weren't bringing in a new fans and bringing in new fans especially in AEW's case, uh, they stick with the niche crowd. And I think that's an AEW problem, not wrestling in general being boring problem. They always stick to that 18 to 34 mark uh, where WWE tends to try. I'm in that mark. All. Absolutely. It tries to hit all of. Barely, but I'm in that. No, but yeah, neither, and neither one of us uh, really uh, get it when it comes to AEW. I mean, we get the wrestling, but a lot of the things that they are trying to push, we don't really, um, doesn't really interest us. But I don't think that's the wrestling. I, like I said, I think they have that niche audience that they try and reach. And the wrestling itself, and, and that's the key word in this question, is wrestling is, I don't think any of the wrestling that we've seen is boring to say the least. I mean, a lot of it does become boring, though, when you see the same thing that you've already seen before. I mean, it becomes predictable. I mean, it all becomes predictable. And the, the, there are no surprises in WWE. Everything is pretty much the most predictable thing. And predictability is fucking boring. It is boring when you know what's going to happen already. And they do it time and time again. I mean, it took them how long? A pandemic and a freaking crazy tower ladder match to actually do something that was even remotely surprising. And that's Otis winning the fucking money in the bank briefcase. I mean, the storyline has gotten boring after that, but that's beside the point. 
<laughs> like it's not even really mentioned that he's got the briefcase. It, it should be a focal point. But anyway, I mean, AW, I mean, it's the same thing kind of over and over again as well. I mean, they, you know who they're highlighting. They're highlighting the elite. They're highlighting the inner circle. And it's going to become stale too. And it kind of already has. All right. Uh, let's, uh, all right. So you picked, you picked that one. So I'm going to pick we're, this next one. Down, so we have one, two, down three, four, four, and yep, four, five. four and five. So, um, let's see, let's go with this one because it's one of my favorite points, uh, from this past week in wrestling. Do you think AEW doing Tyson versus Jericho feud is too much like the Austin Tyson feud back from the attitude era? Uh, all right. <laughs> um, I'm going to say no. It's not. And right. uh, here's, here's why I say that. Um, the reason I, I think it's, it's something different is they're calling back to, God, was it 2009, I think, when Jericho and Tyson had a run-in with DX and uh, you had Tyson and Jericho against Michaels and Hunter. And uh, you have him turn. He rips off the D- his own shirt, has a DX shirt on, lays Jericho out. And then they don't, you don't hear from him again until now. And now you're bringing Tyson back in. He's gonna, he presents the uh, TNT championship. And you're able to work in this super um, – yeah, one of the baddest men on the planet. And – you can recall a storyline, yes, from the WWE, which is the company you're trying to go against, but at least it's something previous there. This is not something brand new, and you get to use Jericho's name and have people uh, make it feel fresh because Tyson's in some badass shape. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Tyson, Jericho, and uh, make it be a street fight. All right, so the original question is, does it remind me of – Tyson Austin and DX and that whole storyline, basically. So, I mean, when you think of wrestling and you think of Mike Tyson, you already have it predetermined in your head, oh, when he fucking sucker punched Shawn Michaels and helped Austin win the fucking championship. Mm -hmm. You already have that predetermined in your head. No one, I mean – no, like, uh, casual fan from back then is going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that time that Jericho was kind of slightly involved <laughs> with that. When you think Tyson at any point, and you mentioned wrestling, that's the moment that goes to. So, of course, when he comes back to wrestling, it's going to make you think, like, oh, no, no one really knew the, the Jericho-Tyson thing. And, yes, they're rehashing it, but you really got really to dive deep and be like, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. But Austin, Tyson – Tyson Michaels, that's what you think of when Tyson, and it goes to show you that, oh, wait, we're not just going to recycle some WWE wrestlers. We're going to take some of the uh, celebrity Hall of Fame wing as well, and we're going to use them to our advantage. I mean, it's not like you got fucking a, a, a fresh fighter like, I don't know, like John Bones Jones coming in and be like, oh, man, he's, he's current. He's relevant. Tyson has been – Smoking and selling weed for the past fucking five years. 
Yeah, he's in fi- fantastic shape and no one's get punched in the face by him, but come on, you think of fucking Tyson and you think of Austin. I see you going for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, see, and here's, here's where I, I understand the, the comparison and why people would think that, but I think only the older fans think that. And just like we said in the last question is – they don't have a lot of older fans with AEW. It's a lot of younger fans. A lot of fans that may not really care or or really know about the Attitude Era and were too young to maybe be watching the Attitude Era at that point. So to see a Mike Tyson come in and, and see this guy go up against Jericho, who is absolutely loved by AEW fans, um, I think for them it feels new. And it's only because the age group of that fan base – um, now, granted, of course, you have guys like us who've been watching wrestling as long as we have, and yeah, we're gonna you're gonna draw that. But for the most part, for the fans that they have acquired and and typically watch their show and attend their shows, I, I think for them this the they black the WWE out. They love hating on the WWE, so that's the last comparison they're going to draw when it comes to Tyson and uh, Jericho. Let me ask you a question. If you're AEW, when you decide to bring in Mike Tyson, isn't that what you want people to think? You want them to remember Tyson Austin? Isn't that what you hope that triggers in people's minds? Because that brings in the people from before. That brings in the older fans. And that's exactly what they want. That's exactly what they need to grow that company wholeheartedly. They need us. They need those older fans that remember everything. Isn't that what you were hoping? They don't – yes, it's Jericho. Yes, he's their, their top draw in AEW. But what they want you to think is, remember when Tyson punched Shawn Michaels and he was in that feud with Austin? That's what they want you to think because they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I wonder if he could still knock someone out. Okay, I've thought of this already. Now let's see what they got going on. So when they bring him in, yes, that's what they want you to think. So that's what people will think. Like Tyson is famous in the wrestling world for punching Shawn Michaels and helping Stone Cold win the title. Okay. Are you going to defer to me? You got one more rebuttal. Yeah, no, I, uh, no, I'm, uh, that's my fault. I'm just <laughs> resetting. I'm resetting uh, my clock here. Um. I don't think as another company, especially with AW, that that you want that you want to draw any eyes to that company. I, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think it's good business to do that. Granted, you're talking about the WWE, who was made people wrestling fans from the '70s all the way till today it, 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 easy. Um, so I don't think that matters a little bit, but. I think it's so I'm I'm going to hang my hat on it being so new and their their viewers being so young that they don't care about they don't care about that and it's it's not a throwback to them because everything they do is great so they don't think and see that they are WWE and this is not WWE and they're doing it differently and you're having Tyson do something different and come in and try and draw with Jericho so I just um, for them, I do not think they think of that. All right. All right. The so side. we are on the last one. Here we go. Number four. And uh, it is 
does it show less faith in the current AEW talent if outsiders are able to challenge for the new AEW TNT championship? This was my favorite question that I came up with. I'm glad we saved it for last because I, I'm still a little torn on which route to go. But mm-hmm. So, does it show less faith in AEW t- current talent if they go with outsiders, quote-unquote, to challenge for the TNT title? Yes. All right. I'm going to go with yes. It does show that they lose faith in their current talent. If you're bringing in outsiders, you have a bunch of current stars on your roster that you really don't you really don't have they don't have like a a a purpose so to speak. I mean, I know everyone has its purpose and that's why you see them on TV, but there are a lot of people that just kind of roll around and you don't really have anything for them yet. And I mean, putting them in a title match gives them, especially with someone like Cody, who I mean, could deliver some of the best work out of anybody in wrestling right now. I mean, he's your perfect person to be kind of like the, the carrier of this title because he could pretty much tell a story with anybody in the ring. I mean, and you need people to be invested in for your company to grow. You need your, your talent that you already have. You need to give them something. You need to give them something to do. And I think if you bring in outside talent, you're showing lack of faith in them. You're saying that I don't think my guys are good enough to go for this title. So we have to bring in outsiders. And they're not signed outsiders. They're just outsiders. They're coming to the show and screw the people we already have. Okay. Um, the reason I don't think that this is uh, losing faith, um, I think from the beginning, obviously, the tagline for AEW was always uh, to change the world. This is going to be a revolution. We're going to change the face of pro wrestling. Um, and what better way of doing it than giving people who, yeah, they're not under contract, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be featured maybe a one-week thing. It doesn't mean they're going to win. Um, but you also have other ways of – you're already using a lot of talent that you may not be using on Dynamite or on your pay-per-views. You're using on AEW Dark. And you're able to switch people in and out. So why not – for bigger independent companies have their star come in and their, maybe their champion come in and you bring them in and, and you have Cody give them a rub or maybe a potential guy that you, that you're looking at on the Indies who better than Cody Rhodes to kind of see if he's going to be a next big guy, like a Brian cage would, would have been a good contender for, or um, shit, they've already done it, but a Nick Aldis from uh like that someone like that so i don't think it's as faith as it is giving others opportunities just to be have a showcase all right so when you keep giving outsiders and people that don't work for your company opportunities what do you think is going on in the head of people that have been there since the first day who have helped the company grow as best as they possibly could and of trying to make a name for themselves. If you bring in all these outsiders, anything that's going to make them feel when they're not getting that opportunity. I mean, then you kind of show, I mean, I can't speak for anybody personally because 
I mean, I don't know them personally, but I mean, when you bring in all these outsiders and you're sitting back there busting your ass, you're like, all right, that's great that they're giving these guys the rub, but when the fuck is my time? When am I going to – like, yeah, that's all well and good. You're helping out other people, but why did, why did I sign up? I signed up to, to win, to win championships and to be in big marquee matchups. Why can't I do that? These people don't even work for my company. I work for the company. Why am I being snubbed just because they want to go a different route and change the world? Uh, I can see that mindset, but – the other thing is that I think uh, that probably gets lost in this question is they're not saying that every single challenger is going to be an outsider either. Who's to say that maybe, I mean, obviously this week you have Jungle Boy against Cody, but maybe we don't see a outside challenger for another three, four, five weeks. And they have one. And then, then they actually, for the next couple of weeks, have more AEW stars do it. We don't know how it's going yet, but I, I don't think it's going to be as prevalent as people um, may think. I just think that opens the door for Cody to be like, hey, this is a good way of letting somebody debut, and then we sign them. And then we don't see it again for another six weeks, eight weeks. But it's just keeping that door open and the surprise factor of AEW that anything can happen, sort of like the WCW model. So – what we're saying is that I thought we were implying that they were just using outside talent. You're saying only outside talent when, when we feel like it. Well, because we don't know how often they're going to use outside talent is where I'm getting that at. Like, I'm not – he just said that it wasn't it, – it's a that outside talent can challenge. He never said that it was just – you know what I mean? I mean, if they're going to be outside talent, I mean, shouldn't you – have your inside talent be the first shots? Shouldn't your outside talents that or your inside talents that you have, I mean, shouldn't they be thought of as priority over someone who doesn't work for your company? I mean, even if it is once in a while, I mean, it really, it really still puts a snub on the people that already work there. I mean, hire them if that's going to be the case. I don't like them as outside outsiders or outsiders coming in i mean then sign them then make them full-time full-time talent and then have them work their way up for the title okay well that about does it that is all five topics for today's show <laughs> did we fall out did we fall out i think so i think we had enough we, fallout we fell out yeah absolutely so um we did it. We hope you uh, enjoyed the show and uh, please um, be sure to, after watching this or listening to this, um, go to our social media accounts, (laughs) vote Vote for for whoever you think may have won uh, either on our thread in our, uh, on our Twitter page, it'll be pinned to the episode post or on our Facebook. uh, You can comment underneath the episode post. So either way you can comment. Is it going to be on uh, Instagram? Um, on exchange, exchange again. Yeah, it'll be, it will be on there as well. So you take um, a picture and you put it out on the line, <laughs> and instantaneously upload. I, I gotta say, if people who have watched this regularly now this is our third week, why Alex Wright? Is there is any the background? Is there any reason to why I do anything? No, I just I didn't know why you picked Alex Wright. I mean, like because last week, I am really Das Wonderkid. Oh, okay. 
I mean, that, that, that typically explains it. So, um, <laughs> that was more bushwhacker. I think <laughs> that was like bushwhacker, but with a little beat. Oh boy. So, um, and Butch and Alex. <laughs> With, uh, with, with everything going on in our society, we hope to um, give you a little bit of entertainment, hopefully get your mind off of things, and um, just, just uh, be sure. Just for 25 to 30 minutes. Yeah, and uh, be sure to um, treat everybody like you want to be treated and make this world a better place for everybody and show a little brotherly love um, will go a long way. So uh, we hope uh, you enjoyed our show and uh, keep watching and like and subscribe, and uh, we'll be talking to you very soon. Yes, make sure you subscribe for Das Wonderkid. He sure. was he was Das, das Bushwhacker. <laughs> All right, have a good one, everybody. Later.